Welcome to the Sunday Messages podcast from New Hope Church in Cape Coral, Florida. Our mission is to glorify God by making fully devoted followers of Christ, by belonging together, believing in Christ alone, and blessing our world. And wherever you are on your spiritual journey, we pray today's message brings you hope and help along the way. Folks, these next weeks, as we as a church talk about letting God out of the box, this is very much a series for you and for me, for the church, understanding what it means to put our man-made, woman-made, human-made limitations on God. We say we worship God, when in reality we worship logic. In reality, we worship logical explanations to things. In reality, we worship rationally proven things. In reality, we worship culturally accepted things. Our faith only goes as far as we can see with our human eye. We have placed our own human limitations on a supernatural God, closing him in into our small human minds. How do we do this? Well, in many ways. One way is we have put God in the box of our own history, our own expectation, our own experiences. God is only as big as we have seen him work in the past. Now, sometimes as big as we've seen him work in the Bible, that's pretty big, but sometimes only as big as we've seen him work in our own lives or in our own family or in our own church. He can go that far and no further. Sometimes we put God in the box of our own reality. God lives outside of our reality. We know how the world out there works. We've been living by the world's rules our entire life. We follow those rules. Those are laws of physics. Those are laws of science. Those are laws of medicine. Those are laws of logic. Those are laws of economy. And we have humbly and obediently followed those laws our entire life. Here's the deal, folks. God made those laws. He can break those laws any time he wants over and over and over again. We read in the Bible how God did break those laws because it served his purpose and his will. He continues to do the same thing today. Folks, this year is God's breakout year. And I hate to even say it that way because in some way it seems like God can be restrained. God cannot be restrained. Let me make that clear at the beginning of these few weeks. God cannot be restrained, but in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits, and often in our traditions, and in our church world, we try to constrain God to make him not after his image, but he rather after our image. But this year, 2023, we as a church family, we will expect God to work outside of the box. We will count on God to work outside of the box. We will need God to work outside the box of our own thinking, our own past, our own traditions, because what he has in store for you and for me and for this beautiful city is way bigger than we could understand. So, brothers and sisters, friends and neighbors, are you with me? All right, let's go. So if you have a Bible, you can open up. You can follow on the screen behind me. Or if you have your cell phone, of course, you can open up the Bible app and find the passage. We're reading a story from David. And if you've read the Old Testament a little bit, you know there are some major heroes of the Bible. For instance, King David. His story is actually so good and so big, it pops up in a number of different books in the Old Testament. So that's why today we're going to actually read out of two different books. It's the same exact story. 
but one author included a few extra details that the other author didn't. So I'm going to pull from two separate uh, uh, Bible passages, but don't worry, it's the same exact story. Let me give you a little overview of the story, then we're going to jump in real quick. In the people of God, before they had a temple, kind of like we have a church building, we come to on a Saturday night or on a Sunday morning, we worship together, we open God's word together, we fellowship together. It was much like that in the old days, but before that time happened, the people of God were already a people. They were already worshiping God. They just didn't have a building. They had a tent. They called it a tabernacle. That was very practical because this tabernacle could move with the people of God as he led them and directed them and brought them to places to help in their worship. They gathered some, some, some artifacts, some memorabilia, some important pieces out of their history, ways God had moved powerfully in their life. And they gather these special things. I'll tell you what they are in just a moment. They gathered them in a big wooden box. They called it an ark. Everywhere they went, they carried this ark with them, not because only because of what was in it, but because of what this ark represented. It was precious to the people of God. One day, the Philistines came. They attacked their encampment, and the Philistines, oh, those Philistines. Have you ever had an arch enemy? All through the Old Testament, every time it's an arch enemy of Israel that pops up, it's usually the Philistines. So when I say it, you can say, oh, no. So, so the Philistines, oh. <laughs> good. You, you kind of sound like a sick pirate there. Okay. <laughs> so the Philistines, they show up, they steal the ark, they take it back to their own city. Here's the problem. It wasn't theirs to steal. It belonged to God, and he wasn't having it. The Bible says he put his hand heavy on the people, of the, uh, the Philistine people, because they had taken the ark, kind of like a curse. They all started getting sick. It was terrible. They couldn't take it anymore, and they, they brought it back, said, uh, you keep it. It's too much for us to handle. Little sidebar here. Never take possession of something you weren't meant to take possession of. There may be a curse in it. So they literally, they literally put it on a cart, tied a couple uh, cows to it, hit them on the butt and said, yeah. And they started walking back to Israel, kind of something out of like a, an old Western movie. And they carried it right over the border. Israel had it back. Great. David now becomes king of Israel. And he says, I want that ark to be with me. That, all that that ark represents, the presence of God, I need to be near that. Let's bring it to me, the city of David. So, so we will have that with us as we rule and lead the people of God. Great story. Great idea. Uh, nothing wrong up to this point. He tries to bring it the rest of the way from where it had been left to his city. And that's where the problem begins. That's where we're going to learn today, talking about letting God out of the box, allowing God to do things his way and not our way. The problem is our history, our traditions, our background, uh, even what we've read in the Bible to some extent, or even, even what the world has put as a cap over us up to this far and no further because this is our reality. We don't allow God to do things that are outside of our reality. And so poor David and some of the other characters in the story we're about to read right now, they were confined by that. And over and over and over again, they made poor choices. Caused some of them dearly. Caused some of them their life. How can we learn from these guys and gals how we today cannot make that same mistake? With the very beginning of 2023, this is our opportunity to let God out of his box, to allow him to do in us and through us things that we have never seen before in our life, things that this city, Cape Coral, has never seen before in its existence if 
we would learn from the mistakes of the past. So, are you ready? If you have your Bible, we're going to start with the story that I've just described. It's in 1 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 1 through 4. It'll come up on the screen or in your notes. So, David conferred with each of his officers, the commanders of a thousand, commanders of hundreds. He then said to the whole assembly of Israel, that's, that's y'all, the, the church folk, if it seems good to you, and if it's the will of the Lord our God, let us send word far and wide to the rest of our people throughout all the territories of Israel, and also to the priests and the Levites who are with them in their towns and pasture lands to come and join us. Let us bring the ark of our God back to us. For we did not inquire of it during the entire reign of Saul. That was the last king. The whole assembly agreed to this. Why? Because it seemed right to them. All right, let's talk about this. Let's understand exactly what's happening here and how that affects you and me today. Because if we are going to let God out of the box of our own mind, our own thinking, then we need to understand what that looks like. So there's a few questions we're going to ask. The first question is, uh, who are we listening to? This is huge. This is key. Again, David was a brand new king. He wanted to right a lot of the wrongs of the last king, King Saul. He had made a lot of wise choices up to this point. He had followed God. He had a very close, even intimate relationship with God. Sounds like many of our folks right here. He had done many things right up to this point. He had heard from God. He had written numerous songs and praise songs that we sing to this day to God. So all good up to this point. The problem is he should have known better than to step out in his own style, form, way of doing things rather than waiting on God. If we go and if we're going to let God out of the box, we have to do things his way. In fact, I think here's kind of a breakdown of the order that he went in. Uh, can you hit, hit the next slide, guys? There you go. So, so this is kind of the breakdown of what first he goes to his closest confidants. Now remember, these guys were soldiers. He was a commander, the general in charge. Most of their communication up to this point had been like this. I command you to do that. I order you to do that. Soldiers, we've got a bunch of you all in the room. What is the automatic answer every time the commander gives you an order? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Exactly right. That was the the extent of their conversation up to this point. Now, all of a sudden, David's getting all loosey-goosey. Hey, guys, what do you think? I'm just spitballing here. Let's throw this idea up on the wall and see what sticks. They're like, what? You're in charge. You give the command. You give the order. You point the direction, and we just kind of follow. You have close confidants, don't we? Friends that really only want the best for us. They, either they listen to us because we tell them what we want and they say yes, or they love us so much they don't want to hurt us and they don't want us to hurt. So if we're in a bad situation, our friends, our close confidants, they'll say, well, get the heck out of that situation. If, if something's or someone's hurting us, well, then pull away from that person, pull away from that relationship. If, if a job is not fulfilling us and we don't feel like we want to feel, well, we'll walk away from that and we'll start over. They tell us, Oftentimes, what we want to hear, even in the church, uh, not until all the way to the end do these guys get to God. Here's the problem when we do it this way. And reading uh, commentaries and theological books all week about this passage, a lot of the commentators wanted to give poor David a hard time for talking to anyone else but God. I mean, they said, you should only talk to God, only seek his will, nothing else. Don't let anyone else speak into your life. I want to take a step back from that. I believe there is a huge place for, of course, for for friends and and, and confidants and and, and, uh, spouses and family members, of course. There's also, just like for King David, a place for the people of God to speak into your life. Of course, just like for King David, there's a place for priests, 
pastors, belong group leaders, elders, deacons, spiritual mentors to speak into your life. I don't want to cancel that out. I would disagree with many of the theologians that kind of jump all over David here in this passage. I think we need both. The problem was in the order. Had David started with God and worked his way through the others, it would have been different. But here's the problem. You know how it is. You know how it is. You start talking to someone, you start sharing an idea, throwing out a thought you have. Before you know it, Googling it online, before you know it, you've got a whole plan cooked up. By the time we get to God, it's pretty much, okay, God, this is what I've come up with. This is what we think is best. Would you go ahead and give your rubber stamp and bless it so we can move out in it? Well, at least that's what some folks do. The Bible even says it here. They said in verse 4, because it seemed right to the people. Here's the problem. So much seems right to us based on emotion, based on what friends will tell us. What seems right to us may not be right to God because it's an emotion. Uh, Christopher, our son, is, is special needs, and he, he takes us to a whole new level. He has certain things, certain activities that seem right to him, certain doors that always have to be open and certain doors that always have to be closed. He loves to look at all the movie options he has, but he always picks one he wants to watch. He has all the food in the world in our refrigerator, but he only wants one particular meal and one particular dessert. In fact, a few months ago, there was an Instagram reel going around that said, uh, things that only make sense in Italy. Well, my youngest daughter made a video about Christopher, and it said, it's called, things that only make sense to Christopher. Let's, let's take a look. watch my son all day, but I, that's good. Yeah, thanks. Here's the, here, here's the deal. Christopher, Christopher gets a buy on that. He's not like you and me. We're not allowed to be like that. that that's not okay. Doing things, something just because it seems like the right thing, it feels like the right thing, and fixate on that thing and say, it can only work this way, that is not Normal, and that is certainly not what God is calling us to. If anything, we need to flip the list. There you go. Flip the list and start with God before we get down to our other folks. It is so important that we understand that we, that we allow God to do what only God can do. Because if we do, he will do it his way. If we're going to let God out of the box this year, we must start with God and hear from him, seek him, find him. Of course, get the input from other spiritual mentors. But if we do not start with God, we are in danger of doing what seems right to us one more year after the other. Secondly, we have to ask the question, if we're going to let God out of the box, what are we celebrating? What are we celebrating? Now let's jump to the other part of the same exact story. It just takes place in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 6. Verse 5 says this, 
David and all Israel, they were celebrating with all their might before the Lord, with castanets, with harps, with lyres, with timbrels, with sistrums, and with cymbals. It was loud. Wearing a linen ephod, that's kind of a robe thing, David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might, while he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and with sound of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Mishal, daughter of Saul, wife of David, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in his heart. All right, let's, let's dig into this. What is going on here? Why is David celebrating so much? Let me give you a little background on the ark on this big wooden box. It was literally a big wooden box made out of acacia wood, very expensive, very heavy wood. Not just that, it was overlaid with gold. Not just that, it was, uh, uh, had, had uh, precious stones all over it. It was an expensive box. It was important, but not just because of what was on the outside, but also because of what was Inside, there were three things in there, a golden bowl full of the manna. That's what God provided in the desert so the people of God would not go hungry. Second of all, it was the broken up pieces of the Ten Commandments, the laws of God, the commands of God, the precepts of God. And then thirdly, it was the, the staff of Aaron that had sprouted and came back to life. All of these things were in there. Why? Because they were valuable memorabilia because they had some kind of intrinsic value in and of themselves? No, but because of what they represented. The the manna was the provision of God. The Ten Commandments were the precepts or the laws of God. Aaron's rod represented the protection of God. And this was taken by the Philistines. Oh, those Philistines. But they gave it back. They gave it back. And so now they were coming, returning that and understanding how important it is to take this. But with all this celebrating... And all the dancing that David was doing, it was not about that gold-covered, wooden, heavy box. All of the dancing, all of the celebrating was also not because of these precious memorabilia and items inside the box. All of this dancing, all of this celebrating, all of this worship that was taking place on that day was because of what this box represented. God's provision, God's protection, God's precepts represented his faithfulness. That is what he was celebrating. Here's what we need to understand about this. As, as long as we think that, that, that religion or our, our relationship with God or, or what we do here on Sunday mornings or on Saturday evenings is all about a, a thing, a, a box, a, a style, a, a denomination name, a, a pastor, a church, as long as that is our mindset, as soon as someone changes that, takes that away, moves it even a couple inches to the right or to the left, our desire, our, our willingness, our openness to celebrate and worship God is finished. But if our focus is on him, in fact, that's what happened to Michelle. Michelle was his wife. She had been the, son, the, the daughter of King Saul. King Saul, his whole reason, the whole reason why the people chose Saul as their first king, you remember why? He was tall and good looking. That was it. Surprise, surprise, it did not finish well for Saul. So she was used to seeing this beautiful, handsome, stately, tall, strong, majestic kind of a king. And here comes King David, 
king. He's still getting used to the word king. Really, he's a shepherd boy, warrior king, hiding in caves, kind of guerrilla warfare kind of guy. I'm sure he was not clean. I'm sure he was not cleanly shaven. He probably didn't look anything like a king. So for her to even call him king is a bit of a joke. But for her to see the king of the nation jumping around, letting it all hang out like a crazy man, only because he's celebrating the faithfulness of God, she didn't get it. Why? She's still focused on this thing as a box. What's the big deal about a box? We got boxes here. In fact, I, I, could, I, could, I could have a better box than that. May. Why the big deal? You can never explain to your friends and your neighbors outside of the, the family of God why worship is so important. You will never be able to get across the point to your friends and your neighbors outside of the family of God why prayer is so important. You will never be able to explain to your friends and family outside of the family of God why answers to God's prayers and, and that intimate personal time that you have with him, the peace that comes only through a relationship with Jesus Christ, why that is so important. They can't get it. They're fixated on the box. In our church family, in this year, 2023, if we're going to see God break out of the box that we've created for him, we must understand that our worship is based on his faithfulness. Because only then can we walk in faith, can we worship in faith, can we talk in faith, can we give in faith, and can we stand in faith. In fact, King David, in a, in a different passage, again, way back in 1 Corinthians, he even gives the people of God a specific song song they're supposed to sing when they worship God. It's, it's 30 verses long. He was very, very exacting in what he wanted. He, said, he didn't just say, oh, well, worship God, uh, sing a couple songs, make sure there's a nice little poem at the end and say amen and send the folks home. Make sure it stays in that 55-minute limit. He said, here's what I want you to sing. Not one of the lines, you can look it up, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Not one of the lines has to do with my wants, my needs, my desires, my feelings. Not one. It talks about God's face, God's decrees, God's provision, God's power, God's mercy, and God's glory for 30 verses. That is how they were to praise the Lord, worship the Lord. At no time was it about worshiping me and what I want, what God can do for me. It was all God. If this is our focus for worship, then we will see God open doors and break out of the boxes that we have created for him. Third question we must ask if we're to let God out of the box in 2023. What are you missing? Let's go on in the same story. Look at verses 6 through 11. When they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah, there's a name for you. We don't hardly hear Uzzah anymore. Mommies and daddies, there's a good one for you. Uzzah reached out and took hold of the ark of God. Why? Well, because the oxen had stumbled. The Lord's anger burned against Uzzah because of his irreverent act. Therefore, God struck him down, and he died. He died. He died because he touched it. Then David was angry because the Lord's wrath had broken out against Uzzah, and to this day, this place is called Perez Uzzah. David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me or come closer to me? He was not willing to take the ark of the Lord to be with him in the city of David. Instead, he took it to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Give it to Obed. He'll take it. The ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed, the Gittite, for three months. And the Lord blessed him 
and his entire household. What in the world is this one about? We're asking questions. We're, we're wanting to allow God to break out of, of, the, of the box that we've created for him. What in the world is be? What are we missing here? God has so much for us. 2023 could be the most incredible year, more than we can imagine, more than we could see. We don't want to miss out on any blessing that he has for us. What's this deal with Uzzah? Uzzah touched the ark and he died. Why? Well, the, the, the people of God, uh, rather than carry the ark like they had been told by, by God and his word, they decided to put it on a, on, a, on a cart. Where'd they get this crazy idea to put it on a cart? Well, they saw the Philistines do it. They said, wow. And we've been carrying this thing all by ourselves for all these centuries. What a great idea. Those Philistines have nothing to do with God, not from the people of God, bringing all their worldly ideas into the church. But wow, what a smart idea. I think we'll use it. Sound familiar? And so they bring that, and the the ox stumbles. And Uzzah, just trying to be a helpful guy, he reached out to, to try to help the ark from falling, to try to help God. You ever tried to help God? You had all these plans, been praying about them. God's kind of giving you confirmation. He's going to move in that direction. You're all excited. Yay! You're going you're to give us a new job. You're going to give us a new house. You're going to give us a new car. You're going to give us a new baby. Uh, whatever the prayer was, you feel confirmation from the Lord. But it's not coming, and it's not coming, and it's not coming. You reach out. You just, you just want to help a little bit. Just kind, of, just kind of move things along a little bit. Just kind of encourage things, kind of grease the wheels. Just trying to help here, Lord, he thought. It had terrible ramifications for him. Not, it's not working out like we like, and so we reach out. So many of us, especially us men, we're fixers. We're nudges. We just want to move things along. We must watch out because there are consequences. Man's way, woman's way, our way is to try and help, but God doesn't need our help. Secondly, we see the anger of King David here. Do you see what happened? I don't know if they were good friends or just scared David so much, but for whatever reason, when Uzzah dies, doing something that he knew he shouldn't have been doing, by the way, this wasn't a surprise. This had been a command for many, many years. Everyone knew this was a law. Why was it a law? Why was it a command? Why were you not to touch the ark of the Lord? Here's the deal. It doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. It doesn't matter whether I understand it or even agree with it or not. It was a command of the Lord. I don't know what's happened in our modern culture where we think we can question authority at every turn. And that creeps into the church. And we decide what we're going to follow and what we're not going to follow. We decide what aspects of the culture of the world we will bring into the church and what aspects we won't. Churches all around us in this day, even in this city, are allowing things from the world to come in because it seems right to the people. God has rules. It's on us to follow those rules. Uh, Uzzah learned that quickly. But David, he's mad because there are rules. Uh, Our way... 
is to just back up when, uh, and, and bow up when we are disciplined. And this is exactly what David's will. He was hoping to bring the ark home, be kind of like a big good luck charm for him so that everything he did would be blessed by God, whether it was war or building or more wives. But instead, he found out that God is God. He is either he or he is nothing. This anger reaction should be a red flag for you and for me when God disciplines us because he's trying to bring us under his will and in his direction. Number three, then, we, we read how he, dip, he dumps the ark. Uh, and then, again, this is, this is our way. When, when things aren't going our way, we avoid. When things aren't what we're hoping for, we pull back. When things aren't going the way we had envisioned them, we cancel it out. This is exactly what he does. If this ark isn't going to serve my purposes, if it's not going to do my bidding, if it's not going to bless the plans that I have created, then I'll have nothing more to do with it. And we back off. And what happens? The blessing goes to someone else's house because God always blesses those that follow his will. God is allowing us to learn. And finally, he, he hands that off to, to Obed. Obed's house starts to get blessed. David hears about this and, oh, wow, if that's the case, maybe we do need it. He goes and gets it back. Folks, we have handed off our blessing long enough. I believe right now, 2023, our church is poised to make an incredible difference in this city right here. Not only in the center of Cape Coral, but as I've said many times, the northwest of Cape Coral. We believe, the leaders of your church believe, that is where we need to plant a campus. That is the vision God has given us. There is no way... We can do that in our strength. The, the box that we have created around our own ability, oh, the money we have, the, 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 the woman and manpower we have, the, the resources we have, the, the focus and the attention we have, there is no way. It is impossible. I love impossible because that's when God kicks in. Had we had the money, had we had the woman and manpower, had we had the resources available, that would have made me kind of nervous. Because then I would have said, what's wrong with y'all that it took this long? God always moves out before it is visible for normal human eyeballs and hearts. God wants to do something there, and he wants to do something here. Let's not pass that blessing off to someone else and allow them to receive that. Let's let God work through us. And finally, the last question we have to ask, what are you waiting for. Again, it's in 2 Samuel chapter 6. Let me read a couple verses, verse 12 and 13. Now, King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went to bring the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were, catch this word, carrying, it wasn't riding on a cart. They learned this time. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, David sacrificed a bull and a fattened calf. This is an incredibly slow, painstaking, accurate account of what King David and the people of God did in order, in order to come under authority of God in their lives, to allow God to do things his way and not their way. His way and not the logical way. His way and not the expedient way. His way and not the efficient way. His way and not the way they'd seen it done in all other churches and all the other conferences they had ever attended. His way and his way only. It was elaborate. It was excessive. It was an over-the-top kind of a sacrifice 
take six, six steps on this long journey. Take the time to stop. Sacrifice a bull. Sacrifice a calf. Okay, put it back on your shoulders and keep going. They were longing for right relationship with God. This signified atonement and repentance and consecration. Folks, where are we on this? How willing are we to stop our busy procession of our own plans, our our own dreams, our own goals? I'm not just talking about the church family. I'm talking about your family at home, your your work life, your your, 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 uh, goals for your retirement, whatever I'm talking about. How willing are we to stop and painstakingly, over the top, sacrificially follow God's way and not our way. We are missing out. It can be yours today. God's peace, God's power, God's presence, his providence, all that God has for you. Many, many years ago when I was still in high school, that's where I first felt God's calling on my life. I knew that he wanted me to be a pastor, maybe even a missionary. Well, I went off to University of Florida and all things kind of changed. Surprise, surprise, 36,000 students back then I didn't meet a single guy that wanted to be a pastor or a missionary. I said, well, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe I misunderstood, God. Maybe I could stay right here in, in Florida, in Miami, and I'll, I'll go to school and think of all the money I can send off to those poor missionaries in Africa. It's a great idea, God. I'm going to run with it. I was making a deal with God. But the more I did, the less peace I sensed in my heart. Man, I was at church, and I was at the Baptist Student Union, I was tithing my couple pennies I had. I was, I was doing all the things a kid's supposed to do, but that peace evaded me. And I said, God, what do I have to do to have that peace back in my heart that I had had for so much of my young life? And God says, I've told you, I want you to be a missionary. And that night I said, okay, God, if that's what it costs to be a missionary, I will give everything and say yes. In that moment, I felt like a waterfall of warm, rushing water flow over me saying, that's exactly what I've been waiting for. And I know that 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 small cost, that small price that I paid is, is nothing in relation to what maybe you're dealing with. But God says, there is something that I'm waiting for you to give up, to sacrifice, say yes to, to allow me to work in your life. In conclusion, let's look at these last couple words right there at the very end where it says, those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps. I remember the deal. God had, had actually told them how to build this ark, this box, with loops in it. And then he told them how to make these two long poles because from the very beginning, the intention was always the same, that they would carry the ark anywhere they went. They would not put it on a, on a cart, even a cart made out of gold. No, the men of the, of, the, of the people of God were to carry it on their shoulders. They saw the Philistines with this fancy, in fact, even says this new cart, this fancy new cart, this new way of doing things, this efficient way of doing things, this, this time-saving way of doing things. They said, what a great idea. I think we'll do the same thing, but not this time. This time they said, no, we're going to carry it. Here's the deal. God is looking for people, men and women, who faithfully carry, faithfully worship, faithfully celebrate on the shoulders, on the shoulders of consecrated men, consecrated women, obedient men and women, praising men and women. That is how God wants to be praised and worshiped and celebrated. That is who God breaks out to. That is who God moves through. Folks, we're just at the beginning of this series.
as we continue to study God's word and different examples of men and women that allowed God to be God in their lives and not force him into a box that he was never meant to live in, we're going to see some incredible things. Just because it happened thousands of years ago doesn't mean it couldn't happen today. I'm not just hoping that. I'm counting on that. Are you with me? Let's pray. Father God, you are an incredible God. You've demonstrated, you've lived out, you've written about all of your great and marvelous signs and wonders. Forgive me, forgive us for forgetting how big you are. We are guilty, Father, of trying to create you in our own image. Put on you the limitations that we often feel that are on ourselves. Financial limitations, budget limitations, strength limitations, health limitations, vision limitations. Lord, all the things that we suffer under ourselves, we put those on you. But God, you are bigger than all of those things. So God, empower us in 2023 to allow you to break out of the, the, the box that we've tried to construct for you. We are asking, even expecting you to do greater things in and through us in 2023. We thank you, Jesus, that we get to be your co-laborers, that we are allowed to experience this with you. Speak powerfully, Jesus. Amen. Well, folks, we... Um, take a few minutes as we do once a month here at this church, celebrate the Lord's Supper. And we try not to rush through this because that's really not the point of the Lord's Supper. In fact, in Jesus' day, they would have shared a whole meal together. They would have gathered for hours. As a part of that fellowship banquet or meal together, they would take part in the bread and the wine as a remembrance of what Jesus had taught and done and lived before them, but even his death and his resurrection. That's why we continue to do that today. That is why we invite you to do that with us. Whether you're a member here or not, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we invite you to participate with us. It is that important. We do it very simply. We have a couple tables in front and a couple tables in the back. Whichever table is closest to you, in just a minute after I pray, we're going to ask you to just stand up and, and make your way to that table. Grab a little piece of the bread, a little cup of the juice, and make your way back to your seat. And then we'll, we'll celebrate the Lord's Supper together once we've all picked uh, up the elements from one of the tables. Let me pray for us briefly, and then I invite you just to kind of make your way. If, if there's a line, stay in your seat and just keep praying. Allow God to be working on you through what he's taught us in his word this morning. Father God, again, we come to you. Again, we thank you. As we celebrate not only what you sacrificed, but even, God, what you taught, what you lived out in front of us, God, your body, your presence is precious. We're remembering that. God, your, your blood, your sacrifice, which allows us to, to stand free and forgiven before God, our creator, is precious. God, we're remembering all of that in this simple act that we celebrate together powerful and be present in this space as we do that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. 
You can find more free resources, learn about our church, and partner with us financially when you visit us online at newhopecapecoral.com. Also, if you have a question or a story to share, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line on the contact page, once again, at newhopecapecoral.com. Finally, if this message was a blessing to you, would you take a moment to share that blessing with others? You can do that by subscribing on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen, and by leaving a review to share your story with others. Thanks again for tuning in and for helping us share the hope of Jesus with the world he loves. We'll see you next time.